everyone. Falcha, welcome to the Incomparable History of Ireland podcast. This show is to share the richness of this ancient island. It's Misha Lauren. I am Lauren, your host on this journey through the stories of this Emerald Isle. I represent the Clan Nagel of Delaware, an Irish society for the education of Irish language, history, and culture. In this episode, Ireland's incredible wealth of Neolithic and Megalithic sites. The Neolithic period, or the New Stone Age, is the archaeological period that spanned from 10,000 BC to 2200 BC, and the Megalithic period spanned 2500 BC to 200 AD. And this period was marked by stone structures that were mainly commemorative memorials or burial sites. We're going to first talk about the different types of sites you can see around Ireland, and then we will talk about the Boyne Valley, which is just rich with ancient artifacts. And then we'll end the episode with a journey to an ancient fort on the Aran Islands. The different types of sites you can see around Ireland are Ogham stones, stone circles, portal tombs, stone rows, corins, and passage tombs. The Ogham stone is derived from Ogham, Ogma, the Celtic god of fine speech. Ogham is an ancient linear script and it is the first known written language of Ireland. The Ogham alphabet consists of groups of lines from one to five set across a vertical stem line. Each group represents a different letter. It was used mainly for commemorative inscriptions. An example, if I can picture it for you, is the word love in Irish is gra. In Ogham, it would be a stem line with a flat line close to the top, like a circle, a space, and then five slanted lines pointing up to the right, a space, two more slanted lines pointed up to the right. The top line being G, the five being R, and the two being A with a fada. Two great examples to see in Ireland are the Balaquini Ogham Stone on the island of Man. It's located in the Manx Museum in Douglas, and it reads Benavidonis, son of the tribe of Cunavali. And the other stone is in County Mayo, the Bresta Ogma stone, and it reads Legscut, son of Corybius, dated around 500 AD. The next type of structure you'll see is stone circles. Most people believe they may have had ritual or religious functions because occasionally bodies have been found. But a lack of artifacts suggests they weren't used for daily purposes. What's really neat is if you stand at the entrance of many of these stone circles and you face the axle stone, you'll be looking directly at the place of either the rising or setting sun at a solstice or an equinox, leading to another theory that there were some sort of astronomical observatories. 
You can find 187 of these in Ireland, with 100 in County Cork alone. Some of the best to see are the Erga. It consists of a circle of six stones. One is three meters high and dominates the others, and it looks across this lake in a beautiful waterfall. The Stone Circle of Grange and Limerick is the largest of the stone circles, with 113, with one stone 40 tons. And when they did some archaeological digs in the area, a post hole was found in the center. The Beltany Stone Circle in Donegal has a stone mound in the center, which is very unique, and it has a statue of a head carved in a stone. This circle is associated with uh, Beltana, uh, which is the marking of the spring to summer shift. Drombeg in Glandor, a skeleton of a youth was found here, which suggests maybe some type of sacrificial use. The next structure is called a portal tomb. The portal tomb, or dolmen, marks a burial place in a very distinct way, with a large capstone elevated at an angle and held up by huge standing stones. The stones you see now today would have originally been covered by an earthen mound. The stones are bare, and you can see that uh, today, um, but in the past they would have had an earthen mound over them, with the area below the capstone forming the entrance leading to the tomb. There are 172 of these scattered throughout Ireland in various states of repair. One of the best to see is Pulnavron Dolmen, which means Hole of Sorrow, located in the Burren and uh, dates to like 4200 BC. During excavation of this tomb, remains of about 33 people were found, as well as pottery, a stone axe, jewelry made from bone and quartz crystals, and weapons. The Burren is situated in the northwest county of Clare, and it covers over 300 square kilometers and is of extreme importance to geologists, botanists, and archaeologists from Ireland and beyond as the largest Karstic limestone area in Western Europe. The Burren is an anomaly in Irish landscape and continues to fascinate geologists who come to study its limestone patterns underground rivers and cracks. Those interested in the ancient history of Ireland will find a wealth of material in the Burns, megalithic tombs, Celtic crosses, a, a ruined abbey, and more than 60 wedge tombs. The next type of structure is a stone row. Stone rows can be yards or several miles in length and made from stones that can be as tall as 6.5 feet although three feet is uh, more common. And the terminal, the beginning and the end of a stone row, um, can contain, contain other megalithic features, um, sometimes or especially like a burial corinne. It appears the stone rows were aligned to the stars and tracking star movement. You can see one degree of precession every 72 years, 2,600 years to complete an entire cycle of procession, but it appears these stone rows might have been tracking it. James Swagger, who you can find on Facebook or um, YouTube, has 
great, great educational information on Irish and ancient structures. He believed the ancient Irish understood procession. A triple spiral stone art measured from the entrance of Newgrange is 0.045 meters, one degree of procession. Procession, if you don't know what it is, it's as the earth rotates, it wobbles slightly upon its rotational axis, like a slightly off-centered spinning toy top. This wobble is due to tidal forces caused by gravitational influences of the sun and the moon that causes the earth to bulge at the equator, affecting its rotation. Two great sights to see, uh, Grenis and County Cork. It has three, but it had originally five. You can see one that fell. And uh, Benalah in County Cork, which has six stones. Corinne's, the next structure, is derived from the Celtic word carn, um, meaning a heap of pile of stones, a heap or a pile of stones. Corinne's may contain a tomb or a chamber. Corinne's are often found over passage tombs. They may be dome-shaped, but there are other forms of them as well, such as those in a trapezoidal or a round shape surrounding a court tomb or a wedge tomb. And they're dated to the Neolithic period in the early Bronze Age from like 4000 BC to 600 AD. Some of the best can be found in County Donegal. Kirvikale in County Sligo is the largest and best preserved. Wedge tombs generally thought to be the youngest of our megalithic tombs, dating from the cusp of the Neolithic period to the Bronze Age. Wedge tombs are large stone boxes with a sloping slab roof. Wedge tombs are the most common type of megalithic tomb known in Ireland, with more than 400 known examples, mainly from the north, west, and southwest of the country. These tombs generally face the west, and are characterized as having a straight facade, a trapezoidal-shaped chamber, highest at the front, with an external walling that forms a U-shape, or a straight rear, all covered by a round oval corinne. Both cremations and unburnt remains were deposited in wedge tombs, although cremations were most common. The remains were often, though not always accompanied by beaker pottery, uh, flint, and chert tools, chert being a hard, fine-grained sedimentary rock. Parknabinna can be found in the Burren um, National Park in Clare, which is a really neat one to see. There's another one in Carrachrome, is probably the best preserved. Drumcliff, which is a little west of Drumcliff and north of the river, and Caramora in Sligo. And Caramora is located, um, it also has a megalithic cemetery. This is the largest cemetery of megalithic tombs in Ireland and is also among the country's oldest. Over 60 tombs have been located by archaeologists there. The oldest predates Newgrange by some 700 years. Next is our stone art. Ireland has 70% of all Europe rock art. With the rock art, we have ancient text 
that we have an understanding of the meaning of these tombs and the artwork on it, unlike any other place in the world. We'll talk about some of this stone art when we visit the sites in the Boyne Valley. The next thing we want to talk about is the passage tombs. A passage tomb is a mound structure with a passage into the center. Sometimes there's passages on the other sides of the passage as well, leading off to the side and through excavation it was found that there were burials within those mounds. When a passage tomb was first excavated, bones were found which indicates burials took place there and some at some stages over the time the construction was in use. However, many historians and archaeologists are convinced that this was not the main function of the passage tomb, and the title ancient temple might be more appropriate. It is thought that they were ceremonial in function, as a lot of effort went into creating an alignment with a special event of the Earth's calendar, such as winter solstice or an equinox. These would have been special dates for the farming population at the time, and it would have been very important for them to market through their celebrations. Let's go to the Boyne Valley, but first let's talk about pagan Ireland a little bit. In ancient pagan society, the summer solstice was hugely significant. It was a time when the power of the sun was at its highest and was seen as an important time for fertility and when the harvest of the coming year were blessed. Along with the summer solstice, winter solstice, autumn and spring equinox were also significant. The significance of these sun events mirrored in places of worship and burial sites. From standing stones to pyramids to tombs, the Neolithic pagan cultures around the world built many structures designed in alignment with the sun at these sacred times of the year when the sun was at its most powerful. The Boyne Valley, the name the Boyne River is the same name as the Milky Way, Bruna Boyne. Isn't that interesting that this culture named a starry region, the Milky Way Galaxy, and the Irish River the same name? At the entrance to this river, there are two standing stones. One of them aligns with the sun at winter solstice. People have been inhabiting this valley for over 8,000 years. Of Ireland's megalithic structures, the Boyne Valley houses the most. It is over 1,927 acres, and it holds a wealth of sites. The Neolithic sites were more on the western coast of Ireland, and they moved their way inward. The Boyne Valley being in the middle and on the east now has the megalithic structures. Something really neat about this Boyne Valley. Recently discovered by an Irish artist who was trying to find a place on a map, when he realized that the roads in the Boyne Valley, the ancient roads, drew out the picture of what is called the high man. And names of places are associated with head, knee, and the high man is this giant figure 
that is either a warrior, a hero, a god, could look like Orion, apparently re representing Orion constellation. The high man has his feet in the Boyne Valley, mimicking the great warrior hero Kukulin. Ardi is at the head. Colon is on the waist. Dunlear is at the right hand. And Milmont, another position, is where Ermagin, Glungel, the bright knee, conquered the Tua de Dana. And it marks the position of the star Regal, the bright knee of Orion. Garrett's fort's at the mouth of the ring. The fort that the legend says there's a sleeping army waiting to be awoken by a red-haired, six-figured hero who will come and pull a sword out from the chamber for the last great war. And above the head, they call the high man, is the city of Luth. And in Luth, there's a tomb of Lu. From this spot, the sun, the moon, and the planets pass across the ford of the Milky Way. Another way of reading Lou's, Lou the Long Arm's name is Light of the Steady. Orion's grasp of the sun in the hand would have been an important date for Summish Solstice. Isn't this really interesting? The first side I want to talk about is Newgrange. Ireland's most prominent Neolithic site, and it's an ancient passage tomb dating back nearly 5,000 years. It predates the Egyptian pyramids by six centuries, and it also predates Stonehenge. Newgrange is the best example of a Stone Age passage tomb in Ireland, and it is regarded by some as one of the greatest wonders of the ancient world. Archaeologists refer to Newgrange as a passage tomb, but in more recent history, it has been determined to be much more a place of astrological, spiritual, and ceremonial purposes. Newgrange is part of a complex of monuments built along the bend of the Boyne River, Brune de Boyne, the name of the Milky Way. Now, this should really excite you. Historians tell us the builders were hunters, gatherers, farmers, and not able to have complex thought. You will learn just how intelligent these inhabitants were. Or did they have help? Archaeoastronomer Frank Pendergrast has data which shows that the great circle stones of the Newgrange were both astronomical and functioned as a calendar. The burial mound is about 90 meters in diameter and 13 meters high. The purpose of Newgrange is unsure. Burial place of a king, center of a ritual, astrological calendar, which, like Stonehenge, is aligned with the sun during the solstice. One of the main reasons for the importance and the fame of Newgrange is the richness in the megalithic art, which can be seen all over the chamber, especially on the east recess. The most remarkable feature of Newgrange, however, is the roof box over the entrance, which at first glance seems insignificant. However, 
Its precise alignment and location reveals the incredible depth of knowledge which this ancient civilization possessed. It measures 90 centimeters by one meter, and it is perfectly aligned to catch the first rays of the rising sun on the morning of winter solstice on the 21st of December. At 8.58 a.m., the light from the sun aligns with the entrance and shines through the light box above the entrance to lighten the chamber. It has been doing this for 5,000 years. This lasts for about 15 minutes, after which the passage and chamber are once again engulfed in darkness. Over 200 tons, 200,000 tons of earth and stone were used to construct Newgrange, with some believed to have been transported from Wicklow, 80 kilometers to the south, and the Mourne Mountains in Northern Ireland. Newgrange also plays a role in Irish mythology as the burial place of lovers Dermid and Grania, and we'll cover those later, as well as the place where the great Cúculain, who we've already said we're going to talk about later, was conceived. James Swagger, he believed they were tracking Cyrus. It marks a point when Cyrus and the sun align. This suggests they understood the precision, and all of its alignment. They would have noticed the difference in winter and summer constellations and the westward drift of the stars. This would mean they had knowledge of the cosmos and all of its movement. They watched the sun rise and fall and realized and marked the true east and west on two days, spring and fall equinox. The accuracy of Newgrange as a time-telling device is remarkable when one considers it was built 500 years before the Great Pyramids and more than a 1,000 years before Stonehenge. Surveys of the roof box, passage, and chamber at Newgrange in 1972 found that the winter solstice orientation of the site was an original feature and that the sophisticated construction maximized the accuracy and the length of the beam entering the chamber. A further study showed that at the time of construction, the sunbeam was so accurately framed by the roof box aperture that new grain could be used to determine the exact day of solstice. The chamber suggests understanding of the cosmos because the chamber is shaped as Cygnus, the swan constellation. The Northern Cross, where the Milky Way appears to break into two entrances to heaven and the point of the cosmic, cosmic creation. How do you like those apples? Newgrange was built from the inside out with one-ton bowls put in place first. All the passageways align with the horizon, and they are all tracking sun, moon, stars with stone art. It has been estimated that the construction would have taken 30 years using a workforce of approximately 300 people. Because many of the stones were weathered, they believed they were quarried that left those ancient people with a huge task of finding stones that they could best be moved and invented the means of moving them. They grooved the top of the surfaces of the passage root stones thus showing they understood redirecting water seepage from the Kirin. It has kept the passage waterproof to this day. No small task in Ireland, for sure. 
It is said that the Tuatadana built New Grange as a burial place for their chief, Dagda, and his three sons. New Grange is said to have been the place where the great mythical hero Kukulin was conceived by his mother. You'll learn about Oshin, Finn McCool, and how, if you believe text, Oshin spoke his stories to St. Patrick himself. Patrick was an old man then. He died about 1,500 years ago, so we know almost the exact date when Oshin returned to Ireland from Tir Nanog, about AD 480. And the Finia would have been dead for over 200 years, which makes Oshin very old indeed. There are three curbstones that are highly decorated. Each of these stones is placed in a very specific position in relation to the direction from the chamber in winter, winter solstice. And each features large spirals and gyries in their composition. A vertical groove dividing the panel of swirling art on the entrance stone is echoed and complemented by more formal bands dividing curbstone 52 into two sections. There is much speculation about the meanings of these engravings, which illustrates that winter solstice sun event, which occurs annually at Newgrange. The three spirals may represent things like the sun, the moon, the earth, the three days of solstice, or the divine or royal family associated with the monument in Irish mythology. In addition to these three fully decorative stones, there are many lesser carvings of several other curbstones. During the excavation, it was discovered that a number of the curbstones actually had decorations on the inner face and were hidden as the mound expanded to its full size. The carvings on several curbstones interact with the sunlight on winter solstice morning when the shadows cast by the stone circles fall on specific carvings. How do you like that? There is a lottery pulled every September for a chance to be in the chamber when the sunlight enters and lights it up. If you win, you get to go and you get to bring somebody. That ends part one. Part two will be on Nauth, Douth, and the fort that is on the Aran Islands called Don Angus. Before we go, I'd like to give a shout out to the Irish Rose Gift Shop in Milford, Delaware. They have a website. They have a lot of great stuff. Check them out. Goramahagat. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Incomparable History of Ireland. Please leave a review so that I can get better and better at providing these for you. And also, you can visit my Facebook page, Clan Miguel, Delaware. My next episode will be on the megalithic structures of Ireland, and then we'll move on to the Ulster Cycle with Queen Maeve and Finn McCool. Slana give. Goodbye, everyone. Godi on Haid Ur Ella. Until next time. <laughs>